Earthquakes, tsunamis, gas explosions, fire, bombs, airplane crashes, buildings burning, bridges collapsing, landslides, boulders rolling down mountainsides, floods cutting through landscape, tornadoes ripping the roofs from houses, all kinds of destruction. We see all of these things and more in movies. How are these effects created? I don't know. But in this episode, 2303, Bill and Sean Johnston, the CG pros, will be answering the commonly asked question, how is destruction created using CGI? On the CG pros, CG Insider Podcast. Hello, and welcome to the CG Insider Podcast. If you're a returning fan, it's really great to see you again. If you're new to the podcast, a special welcome to you. Uh, in today's episode of the CG Insider Podcast, Sean and I will be providing an answer to another great question submitted to our Ask Us Anything page at thecgbros.com. Uh, this time by Herschel P. from New Orleans, and Herschel asks us, how is destruction created using CGI? I'm Bill Johnston, an industry veteran, and I specialize in 3D animation and digital VFX for folks like Activision, Sony Computer Entertainment, and Bungie. And I'm his younger brother, Sean Johnston, also an industry uh, veteran in the video games industry with over 28 years of experience. And today I'm full-time animation director, and we are grateful to be your host for this edition of the CG Insider Podcast. By the end of our discussion today, you'll not only learn about uh, how destruction uh, VFX is created, but you'll also know a little background of what goes into it and how it makes uh, CGI look so realistic. And uh, also be sure to stay until the end of uh, this podcast where we'll be sharing some of our favorite scenes of, uh, of obviously the mayhem and destruction and how advances in destruction technology has already changed the cinematic experience for the better. Thanks for asking that great question, Herschel. Uh, Bill, you want to go into it? Do you want me to jump? Well, I'll, I'll take a stab at it. I, I uh, you know, creating destruction uh, using CGI is a is a pretty awesome process. That's kind of what I do for a living, and it involves involves a variety of different methods and techniques, and uh, you know, from creating realistic explosions to you know collapsing buildings and and uh, you know exploding star systems. Uh, you know, the use of CGI allows for a lot of creative freedom when it comes to destruction, especially when it comes to you know, the scale of destruction that, that we're able to produce these days. It's, it's you know, it, to do it practically would be impossible or even impractical to achieve in, in, in the real world uh, today. So a lot a lot less uh, expensive as well. So uh, in this podcast, we're going to take a closer look and, and talk to you about some of those methods for creating a CGI show. So, Sean, why don't we talk about a little bit of the background of destruction uh, for VFX? Yeah, so I it doesn't jump. have to be necessarily CGI, but, you know, just to kind of give a little background. Well, I know, obviously, destruction's been around for, you know, Long time, years and years and years, decades, decades. Um, and of course, before CGI, it was practical. Um, but uh, CGI, when it when it, it it's pretty in, in its infancy, really. If you think about it, it hasn't been around that long. Um, I think I remember going back to when when I was first getting into CG, trying to do destructible objects um, was was kind of difficult to do. Um, there wasn't a lot of physics plugins for 3D Studio at the very beginning, and so when when Max came out. I think there was a, a couple, Havoc, I think, had their own version. Um, um, there was I, another one that just escapes me. It's been so long, but uh, there was a plugin that allowed you just kind of, I was using it actually in the video games to basically destroy buildings for an RTS game I was working on. And they had never, the guys I was working with had never seen it before. And so I, I kind of built these structures. They're almost like Lego pieces and had something come up from the bottom and destroyed the building. So they just kind of fell down. So I had to use these basically posts or cylinders to just knock pieces of it around. And it actually looked pretty, pretty good because it was basically what they call 
uh, hard body physics simulation that I was doing at that time. Uh, but if you wanted to go more into the practical, Bill, I know you wanted to say something about the history as well, right? Well, I just, you know, it's, I, I was always, you know, that's part of the reason why I got into VFX to begin with was because of, of movies and how cool uh, I always thought these, these just, you know, the, the VFX were uh, not just the creatures, but the, you know, the VFX as well. You know, I, I always, I love to see things destroyed. Uh, you wanted that, reason. the power you had to wield in these CGI simulations, right? To blow well, that, these That's a whole nother subject. Yeah. That's my God, <laughs> God complex. But, uh, but yeah, I, I, I mean, watching more of the world and, and, and King Kong and, and all those great, great movies. I mean, they didn't have a tremendous, a lot of it because like you said, it was practical and you actually had to destroy something and blow something up and or set it on fire or something. And that was pretty dangerous to do, uh, but they did it and, and uh, it was done. But, um, but you, you knew know, it was I, so I, fake. You knew it was fake. You looked at it and you go, Oh, you know, I, my belief was not suspended enough. Uh, especially when you saw like, um, uh, 10 commandments or something when you had the the parting of the red sea and it was coming back you could tell it was just a green screen or not a green screen but some you know big trip projector behind the the actors it looks so bad um today well, you know go ahead i'm yeah. just saying today you just and everything looks so realistic i mean the water i think the water's gotten much much better but you still can kind of see some kind of fuzziness or some weirdness to it um but I, I think overall, it's getting to the point where I mean, there are some shots where I can't tell it's not real water, or, or I can't tell where the, the the composited water or the you know the actors in the water in the foreground or composite with background. I, I can't tell in a lot of well, these you know, scenes. It's, it's not it's not surprising, Sean. They, they they use a whole lot of different techniques. There's no one real approach, but it's a blend of different techniques that really just when you put them all together the right way, you you don't see it. It's a it's a it's a pretty amazing thing. And to your point about you know being a relatively new kind of thing, it uh, you know until the 1990s, CGI really wasn't used in films at all. Uh, Right, you know, practically, and you know, it, it, one of the first uses was for destruction. And uh, you know, I think one of the key landmarks was back in 1996 with um, Independence Day. I mean, when I saw that, and I, you know, the ship comes over, and, and they're all dancing, having a party on the roof of the building, and the the ship ends up just blasting that building, you know, and, and it just blast through the core of the building and the, the way that fire rolled up the street and the cars were, were flipping and exploding. It was just a, I had never seen anything like that. I swear just, that was a practical effect. Wasn't that a practical effect? Well, you know, yes, it was, it, it was, <laughs> uh, but, but, but that's what I'm saying is it was, it was a, it was a, it was a hybrid uh, actually. Um, they did the, a lot of the flipping of the cars was uh, some of that uh, stuff was CGI. Um, huh. And it was a blend, but the, it, 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 it featured, um, you know, the, the, um, uh, you know, when it destroyed the White House, mm -hmm. that was another great, great, great uh, destruction sequence. And that was that was just kind of the that was the infancy. I mean, that was just when they were starting to to to, to use stuff like that. I You're mean, right. Was, you know, to the extent that they actually used it. No, a lot of that was practical. But I remember the impact, no pun intended, that it had on me uh, when I saw that. And I, I said, you know, I got to I got to do this for a living. Yes. Yes. And of course. If you go back just around 2002, I mean, you're talking about the 90s, right? And they're getting a little bit more into the CGI using it. And then, you're yeah, see, exactly. and then you see 2002, there's a, a SIGGRAPH uh, presentation called a uh, cannonball through a thin wall. And they had, and there, here's a video of that actual presentation in 2002. And it's, it really hasn't been along that, uh, around that long. I mean, geez, 22 years, um, uh, you know, 20 years. And look at they have different uh, mathematical mathematical uh, uh, at, you know I don't know math of course not my not my strong suit but a lot of math being used there those algorithms uh, calculations to do different um, 
characteristics that of that, that wall. Like, that looks like brittleness. Yeah, yeah there's there's a, a a bunch of different settings in there. Um, I, you know, I, that's not my forte. That's yours. So I mean, a lot of it's just it's pretty cool. Um, but anyway, there, there, this is this is back in like I said in 2002. Then of course goes jumping up to 2009, um, seven years later for the for the movie 2012, where you saw it in um, unbelievable amounts of destruction. Um, that I know you'll probably want to show us later, but anyway, that's the video I wanted to show. Oh no, that's very cool. I think what's what's really cool about and 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 what's kind of held held CGI back as far as destruction goes is just the physics of it all. You know, you when you see something, you know, react to the world of physics, it's it's got a definite look to it. You can you can tell that it's being affected by gravity or it's not. You know, if it's it's we we've come become accustomed to seeing things and at least the laws of physics, seeing what they look like that we know you know, what they're supposed to look like. And when they don't, uh, it, it's kind of disappointing. And so I think just the, the you know, the, the sophistication of the software and, and, and more so uh, the speed of the uh, computers uh, has really aided in creating some amazing advances in, in the world of CGI and, and destruction effects, just because most things that require physical, uh, you know, physical accuracy have to be simulated. And and that's that's something that's really, you know, due to, due to you know, improvements in in tech and and hardware that that's really become uh you know highly used now i mean it's 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 really i mean the last 10 years so to speak i mean it's 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 really when it's coming to its own yes and in video games uh, right now there's there's uh physics uh physics uh from nvidia that was that's used uh, a lot in the games that i've worked on um in fact i think now they even have um, um a lot of plugins for unity even uh, some of the some of the plugins I'll show you later, Ray Fire, for example, and some other um, plugins that uh, for for Blender and things like that, where you can create all of your own effects. And then, of course, there's the game engines are also now hooked up to those VFX uh, rigid uh, body simulations and soft body simulations now, where you can actually do it in real time in the game engines, which is is it blows me away. Um, well, that goes to the, to the yeah to the hardware issue that I was mentioning before. You know, the the speed of the of the hardware now is can can handle those. And a lot of those simulations are actually pre baked, and so you don't really have to have to you know simulate uh, in real time. But you know, for for some some game situations, you actually can do that. Yeah, it it just doing film is is a lot uh, obviously is a lot more different because you're 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 doing so many. I mean, you're being able to render it uh, using the computers. Doing anything like that in real time would be be crazy. There's just too many particles. I mean, some of them, for example, in this in this in Geostorm, um, I don't know if you've seen that movie, Bill, but that that uh, they blew up one of these these satellite um, you know state space stations, and the amount of particles that they were using. I I, I was looking at an article um, in one of the VFX uh, online mags, and they were talking about how the the they called, I guess it's the ISS, um, consisted of, um, a hundred or 20 modules, which, which, uh, took a full thousand days to construct. And each one of the modules here was, was way too big for even Autodesk Maya for the modeler to even model. And so they, they had to split it into 40 different parts. Um, I'll show the video of it while it's exploding, um, behind me here. But, but I mean, they said that there was hundreds and hundreds of texture kits that were modeled that considered of different panels, almost like we were talking about before we had your Lego block approach, greebles and things like that, where you had instanced uh, geometry all over the, over the thing. So you didn't have to model it. 
Um, and th- th- by doing it, breaking it up into parts like that, you could make rendering it at the end more manageable. And they had these huge render farms, terabytes and terabytes of, of data going there. And in fact, they even said they used point clouds rather than geometry because, in fact, yeah, they were saying at the very end they had to watch while they're developing it such a low resolution version uh, to guide them. Um, and then they obviously had their lighting in there, but the render time was the only time they were actually able to see the full uh, ISS in its full glory um, because it was so complicated. And so, I mean, just utterly billions and billions of parts. So there you go. Yeah, that was one of the challenges too with with uh, creating destruction was the sheer amount of geometry that's generated with all those fractured pieces with all that, yeah. you know all those pieces <laughs> yeah so, i mean just rendering that and then like you said from a rendering standpoint rendering and lighting all those pieces not to even mention the physics of it of any of it right um, was just a real challenge and that's where things have really taken a, a huge huge leap in the last 10 years i mean honestly in the last the last 10 years have been have been the sweet spots i mean they they've they've really perfected some of the software i mean what you, what you can do with just off-the-shelf software these days is truly amazing i mean that that was the thing when i was you know starting out is was just trying to get you know the software that allowed you to do some of that stuff and I've, i i used to ray fire and that, that's a pretty nice little little tool and and uh I, I used uh, what was the other one you used? Was that uh, for for that three D for three D Studio Max? You used it? Three, yeah, three D Studio Max. Uh huh. And then and then there was that one, the the one plugin. Um, well, there's Real Flow. I mean, Real Flow has been used a lot. Um, there's you know, well, not for rigid bodies. There's, there's for, thinking thinking water. particles. Yeah. You know, for uh, by CBOS for Max. I I used a lot of that um, early on. So I don't know. You, you I know you're using a lot of stuff. Are you using Houdini to do your effects now, or are you doing what are you using? Well, it, it depends really what you, what I'm what I'm trying to achieve. If you know, each package has strengths and each package has its weakness, and each tool has you know the strengths and weaknesses, and it really depends on what I'm trying to achieve. Um, I remember you I, you were telling me something about um, a car skidding through water, or or maybe it was a tentacle blasting through something. Um, do you remember what you're using on those on some of those effect shots? Yeah, that was well. There's like I, there's a lot of tools. Like I said, yeah, that particular one I, I've used pull down it, which is a nice it was a effect from uh, was a plugin for Maya, which uh, was was pretty nice. And I actually used that uh, when Nvidia's plugin uh, they stopped selling that, um, and I actually used that. That was a that was a really nice rigid body solver because Maya doesn't have. I, I was using Maya at the studio, and um, Maya's was awful. It's just terrible at at any kind of rigid body simulation. And it you mean out of the box, out of the box, out of the box. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you couldn't, you couldn't do any. I mean, it, it was practically not even worth using uh, for for VFX, at least rigid body simulations. That is, um, but uh, that's when I was started using the NVIDIA plugin, and that that really uh, combined with Encloth, when you know that that was I, could, I got some really really great destruction effects uh, with that. It, I did some, some pretty great work with that uh, for um, oh gosh. Uh, God, I can't remember what I was, what the, what, the, <laughs> what okay. game it was that I was working You've on. You've worked on too many games. You're going to get some I know, sleep. I You're going to get some sleep. Well, I mean, it, you know, there's so many companies even working with, with film in film. I mean, for example, 2012, I mean, you're, you're, they're, you, they're subcontracting all the VFX out. You can't just have one VFX house that's doing it. You had dozens of companies, Scanline, Digital Domain, Double Negative, Imageworks, um, Hydraulics, Pixelmondo. I mean, there's a lot of companies that are, uh, you know, doing these VFX for all of these movies. For a game, you, you basically have a few, I don't know, maybe five, ten artists maximum, but you're doing it all in-house. And you can't, you, there's no way you can do that. If you're doing pre-rendered stuff, I guess, I mean, because I did cinematics, 
um, for a while, but we had, and we did have render farms. We only had 30 machines, but we're, we're talking, I, you know what? I wonder what you could do today with 30, um, 30 uh, PCs, Bill, just on your own. You probably could do some pretty amazing stuff that would look, um, you know, you could at least be on TV, right? I mean, come on. The stuff you're doing well, yeah, is you amazing. Could, yeah, well, the, th- the 30, you could do, use those 30, well, they have what's called, what are called simulation farms. And so that's where that, those, those units would come in. That's where that horsepower. I mean, if you can get a, a, a bank of, you know, a farm of computers doing the simulation, uh, then that, yeah, that you could do a lot of, a lot of great work. I mean, a lot of those, then, yeah, a lot of those movies are hundred percent CGI. So you gotta, you can't just do, let's say if you're making a collapse, you know, the collapsing city. To feel realistic, you need just more than buildings. You'll need trees and cars and lampposts and traffic lights and, I mean, hundreds of other things in there that need to be, you know, modeled and stuck in there and look correct and rendered correctly. Oh, so you're just showing what I was just talking about. <laughs> so, yeah, here's a here's a kind of an example of that. This this is where those are all put together in uh, 2012. Yeah, yeah, that's it's just a fantastic film, uh, and and there's so, this is basically how some of the effects are done you know there's these are rigid body simulations put together with with a, a fluid simulation for it's not fluid but it's fluid dynamic simulation for the dust and then here's a, kind of some of the uh, rigid body and fluid simulations for the fracturing ground you know during the earthquake and then of course like you said you know you add trees and you add telephone poles and you, you simulate those all separately and once you put them together you've got a pretty nice uh, here's the grayscale of that uh, you get a pretty nice um, effect and yes get it textured and lit then then uh, depending on you know what you're rendering it with uh it looks photo real you have to make you have to make in addition all the poly you know the all the models uh, all those polygons you got to make sure your textures and your shading your lighting are correct uh and all those shots to make it uh believable and i think this one also had an earthquake which basically makes it even more difficult to do it because you had to do everything multiple layers and they a lot of these artists in some of these uh, VFX houses said they can't write, like you said, right out of the box. Um, you can't use, I mean, you, can, you can't you can use Maya. You got to have um, plugins. I mean, uh, Flowline, I believe, was developed by uh, Scanline. I think they're using that. They use that for a lot of the the water effects that you see. And they've, they've um, uh, you know, developed that over time and it's gotten more and more realistic. Um, gosh, I, I, it's... It's amazing how much, just looking at some of the stuff you've just been showing, um, how, you know, just seeing um, some of the newer stuff. For example, this one here. I mean, I, I, did you show Independence Day? I'm, I, Independence Day, I thought, was really cool by Scanline as well. Some of the effects that they did um, where I just thought the the amount of smoke that they're showing, the amount of fire on the layers, and then it's, you know, that massive ship's impacting the the earth, and then it's hitting the the oceans. I mean, it's, it's such a... Um, a spectacle to behold when you're looking at all the detail of all the parts and pieces. And you can see them back here, all the layering with the smoke and the fire and the water. I mean, I can't even imagine how long it would take to render this stuff. It's just it's so immense, you know, crazy. Yeah. You know, and some of the software, like I mentioned, was better at creating, you know, some software is better at creating Clossims. Some other, other software is better suited for dynamic, you know, rigid body stuff. Uh, and, and still others like uh, RealFlow and some others are, are, are best at creating liquid simulations. And so, you know, uh, you know, choosing a, a solution off the shelf isn't as easy as you as you might think. But but I, I you know, it just depends on what you're trying to do. Like uh, if you if you're just looking to to do, you know, have the most powerful tool, then Houdini is the is the go to uh, tool. It's a it's a it's a procedural uh, workflow. It 
you, you could do you know particle simulations. You everything works together. Uh, you know they've got uh, some some really nice uh, you know grain simulators, uh, which actually simulate particles of dirt, <laughs> and it clump, you know clumps together mm -hmm. and, and you know wet dirt and wet sand and you know some of that can be seen uh, uh, actually in the Spider-Man movie here with the with the uh, uh, was that dust guy uh, Sandman Sandman yeah. Well, I mean, there's a lot of that. Um, a lot of the the shots you're, you're sh we're showing. I mean, obviously, have some so many immense particles and things like that. But how are they set up? I mean, you've got you've got. Uh, when I was using 3D Studio Max, you had your passive bodies basically, and you had your your hard bodies or your active bodies that you were using to do your hard um, hard body simulations. And, uh, you know, for example, I've been just recently I was using a motion builder. They have a, a physics simulation uh, simulator mm -hmm. in their uh, engine. And I passive is basically everything around your object. That's that's, um, for example, if you had a floor and you had something that was blowing up, uh, you know, you want to blow up, a, uh, let's say, a sphere or a box cube and you'd fracture that box, all the all the pieces uh, with the plug in and then you'd simulate it by exploding. And so that's the active part of that simulation. Correct me if I'm wrong, Bill. And then the, the passive would be the ground, for example, uh, or things around it that are not interacting with it. Is that, is that right? Or do I have that wrong? No, you're right. P passive objects are typically objects that don't move themselves. Okay. Um, and uh, you know, they're not affected by the simulation. They're just collision objects in the simulation. You know, and, and you know, one of the most common, you know, methods for creating destruction uh, in CGI is, is just particles. You know that's 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 the basis of most VFX, whether it be you know laser beams or fire, smoke, or you know build it. You know even the, even structural collapses. I mean, even before rigid body simulations came around, we used to have we used to fake it because calculating collisions, Sean, is is a nightmare. If an interpenetration, it's just that's what made Maya so crappy. <laughs> but uh, we would fake it. We'd actually use particles, and we'd instance geometry to particle systems, and just and 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 that that's actually works quite well depending on what you know what effects you're trying to achieve uh, if you need physical accuracy where you actually need to see things bumping off of, you know colliding with each other and breaking when they collide and collision shattering mm -hmm. yeah you you need to have you need to have all those calculations going and and fracturing and shattering is a whole you know how to break up your models so that before now this is even before you simulate them you have to break them up because the simulation actually handles the geometry it doesn't fracture it, it you know it's it's not like it really breaks it. You 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 pre-fracture everything that you're simulating, and so there and there's different ways to do that. And uh, you know, I, I think you have a couple images uh, of fracturing. Yeah, I was actually. Uh, what's the correct name of this? Uh, how do you how do you say this? Uh, Voronoi. 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 Okay, shatter. Yeah, those are the different ways it's bro they're broken up. For example, ray fire here. If you watch this video here, you've got uh, Boolean uniform. You've got different ways bricks, um, irregular, and you can adjust it um, using this particular plugin. Um, that uh, Rayfire, uh, I think, is probably one of the most impressive um, plugins that you can that you can get for 3D Studio Max. Uh, there's also a lot of uh, I, I know you can cache the geometry when you're doing your um, your simulation too, right? And then you bring that together. Uh, you can yep. actually bring that into another scene, right? And just bring yep. that cache in, and then that's right. And yeah, like you're saying, shattering and. So, uh, well, and, that, and that's also something that people uh, think they think the sim, sim is, all, you know, everything is simmed together. It's really not. There's there's orders of, of magnitude. And so you'd sim one thing and then you'd sim something on top of that. Then you'd sim something on top. It's kind of like a character. You know, you build the, build the bones first, then you build the muscles, and then you put on the skin, then you put on the hair, and then you put on the, the fur, and then you put on the, the cloth objects. And, 
you know, so there's layers and you don't simulate them all at once because that would that would just I mean, you can if you have infinite amounts of time and resources, but right. most of us don't don't. So right. And then there's, um, of course, you can add uh, constraints on those on those simulations, right, where you have certain parts of the simulation that isn't affected. So it doesn't look like the entire thing's blowing up exactly the same. So you have that randomization or that more realism, actually, when you when you're hitting it. So it doesn't just blow into a million pieces. Yeah, the whole thing just collapses in, in one big pile of debris. No, they, they, the, the, the nice thing about constraints is it holds the thing together. And so, right. you know, if, if you've got, and, and basically you can set the force between the constraints so that if it exceeds a certain level of force, it breaks the constraint and and, and off the piece comes, you know, it just depends on, you know, the, the, the forces you have set up in your simulation and the, and the, the right. constraint. And obviously if you had wood versus brick versus, you know, different types of materials you're destroying, um, the, the net, you wouldn't necessarily get the same type of, I mean, for example, here in the background here, still using ray fire, this Jeep runs through a fence and it shatters into fragments that look like, uh, splinters. Uh, so it's, it's pretty amazing that, uh, you can get those different effects and those different shattering, you know, for wood and, you know, like I said, different, different fragmentation types. Uh, and you can actually, there's certain, uh, pro plugins where you can cut them yourself and make your own. Oh yes, and there's yeah. I was gonna say that that there, there are a lot of tools out there. It just depends on really what you want to do and what level of detail you you're trying to get. So if you're using strict Voronoi fracturing, uh, you get very regular chunky rock-like shapes. Uh, you know, you, sometimes that's not what you want, uh, and those those shapes don't actually come out with with uh, edges either. They're they're hard edge stuff. So I mean, it works really well for stuff like glass. You know that don't have beveled edges and things like that. Oh, and here's a shot. Here's here's one of my favorite scenes. Uh, this is from one of the Transformers movies where the the, the mesher comes out and he he dr the driller, excuse me, and he drills through. Uh, <laughs> you know, talk about talk about realism and 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 uh, number of particles. It's just the sheer number of of uh, geometry particles. You know, uh, you know that they've instanced here is incredible. I mean, around I the buildings, around the buildings, has, yeah. Yeah, and and the mech itself, just animating that mech, and because there's pieces coming off of it as it, as uh, as it's getting blasted here, um, just amazing stuff. And this is, this is one of my favorite scenes, as well as San Andreas. San Andreas had some really great. This is this is the uh, Hoover Dam uh, shot, but um, you know the, it, it's a combination of things. So the di different techniques you do liquid, you know, particle simulation for the for for some things. You'd use fluid simulation for others, cloth simulation for others, rigid body simulation. It's just a how you. How you weave those different techniques together is that's where the art of of doing VFX really is. I agree. There's also uh, games, obviously video games. You've got some some games that you've got today, VR games, um, where you can actually do some simulations in real time. There's a, there's a few actually. This one's called Megatron. It's Rain, Megatron uh, Rainfall, I believe. It's a VR game. I've never played it because I'm I'm not really into VR, but you can do it. You can act like you're Superman or some type of superhero blowing up buildings and they, they destroy. And it's very satisfying. Uh, of course, the battlefield games also. And there's also the very end here. I wish I could show it. There's, there's a game called Teardown, which actually has, is made of voxels. So similar to Minecraft where you can destroy the environment with just picking, you know, you're using your ax and building things. The, the, the voxels are actually more, um, refined and there's a lot more of them so they're they're highly highly dense and you can tear down video uh you know video game uh tear down anything in the in the environment buildings and uh it's very satisfying uh i, I wish i could show that but it's it's really really cool at the end here go ahead 
Yeah, and there's there's a huge learning curve with a lot of these things. So don't think you're just going to jump in and start doing VFX. But if you want to do some VFX of your own, you can certainly do that by using stock footage. And here's this is this is some uh, stock footage by uh, you know uh, Big Films, and it's a destruction pack. And you can just basically get your video and you bring in these these uh, matted uh, simulations and drop them into your scene and instant presto you've got yourself some destruction it's pretty amazing stuff there that's awesome lastly yeah. there's uh, kaboom which is a nine dollar plugin that you can do get for blender and and if you're looking at this video here in the background it, it's it's pretty impressive what you can do with that you can um uh, i mean blow up at pretty much anything you can think of just like you would in, in a normal like you're seeing in the films that we're showing you can do the same thing and it looks very very good uh, check it out it's it's for blender yeah, you know, once you solve solve these kind of things, once you have a tool, you know, you don't have to deal with it anymore going forward. You can just make cool stuff. Well, that's great, great, great examples there, Sean Johnston. Um, hey, so uh, we appreciate uh, you guys being with us today, and thank you for being being uh, with us. Uh, we do these podcasts for you, and we really had a great time uh, answering the question, how is destruction created using CGI? And we hope you learned something that you didn't know along the way, because we believe that you should learn something new uh whether you need to or not, every once in a while. So if you did enjoy it, do us a solid and share it around with some of your friends. Uh, word of the mouth is great to kind of advertising. And uh, hit that like button, too, because it helps uh, YouTube find other people just like you who are interested in the stuff we talk about here, CGI and VFX-related stuff on the CG Insider podcast. And um, by the way, if you've got a subject that you'd like us to cover uh, in one of our podcasts, you can let us know by uh, shooting us a message at, at our website, thecgbros.com. If you go to the About Us tab and click on the Ask Us Anything dropdown like Herschel did. We're always looking to improve our podcast and we need your input. Please leave us a comment below. And if you do, no guarantees, there's a good chance that we'll read it during one of our future podcasts. Just in case you didn't know, we bring you a new cutting edge edition of the CG Insider right here every week, where we discuss everything having to do with computer graphics, CGI animation, digital VFX, as well as other related and interesting topics. Also, you can find audio versions of our podcast on all the major podcast platforms as well. Be sure to check out the CG Bros uh, YouTube channel for your front row seat for some amazing CGI short film entertainment created by some of the most talented new media producers and VFX studios out there today. You can find some also cool VFX breakdowns and behind the scenes and making ofs as well. Yeah, and if you're really into that stuff, you, you, know, you do yourself a favor and check it out. Uh, we're looking forward to seeing you here again for next week's podcast, where we'll be answering another great fan question. Uh, what are the 12 rules of animation? There seems to be 12 rules for everything, isn't there, Sean? Yeah, or principles, <laughs> if you want to say that. Principles. There you go. 12 principles. <laughs> right. Well, great. We'll see you here next week. Bye-bye. Well, that's it for today. We sure hope you've enjoyed the CG Pro's answer to the question, how is destruction created using CGI? Thanks for being with us. If you watched us on YouTube and you enjoyed the experience, please hit the super thanks button where you can buy us a cup of coffee. Please give us a thumbs up too. Be sure to leave a comment because we might share it on a future broadcast and give you a personal shout out by name. If you're not yet following us on our channel, please hit the subscribe button. Subscribing is free and ring the bell so you'll be notified when we post our next podcast. 
Also, please share the video with your friends on social media. Oh, and uh, don't forget to tell all your friends that they too can enjoy the audio-only version on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, Audible.com, and Stitcher. And here's a free bonus. If you'd like even more insider information delivered right to your inbox, subscribe to our free CG Insider monthly newsletter. Go to our website, cgbros.com, and sign up. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, Tumblr, and Instagram. And be sure not to miss the next episode when the CG Bros will answer the question, what are the 12 rules of animation? This has been episode 2303 of the CG Bros CG Insider. See you next time.